Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money in Investing show. This week we are grappling the topic of AI, artificial intelligence. It is the buzzword, it is the buzz in the market, and make sure in this episode you take plenty of notes, and as always, take plenty of action. There can be some killer opportunities out there, and we're going to run through where we see them. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show with me, your host, Andrew Bankster, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Laurentiel. Thanks for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter. Now, I'm smiling because I'm excited about this episode. Talk of the town right now. I know plenty of our clients have made plenty of money out of this, and that is the talk of AI, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence, something neither of us are blessed to possess, I suppose. We've got it as a real deal. But yeah, AI, it is the buzzword, but it's more than a buzzword. It is taking over... Um, the newswire, I suppose, across markets, it's changing the bottom line performance of companies and it's having a direct and immediate impact on people's lives. Some good, maybe some less so. We'll explore that as we go through. That's right. And anyone who's a school or uni student at the moment listening to this has probably plugged their assignment into ChatGPT. And why would you not? Because the function's really damn good, to be honest. It is incredible. Uh, and, and, and look, I mean... The diffusion of technology, which I suppose is what this is really all about, is where here's a piece of technology that has come along and was only announced to the public in November of last year, which without dating this podcast is about seven months ago. That's and, in, and in seven months is this global phenomena, which is a centerpiece of conversation and uni assignments and presentations, I'm sure for many people in the work context, um, in such a short period of time. And when you look at the adoption rate, the diffusion of technology, there are lots of things that come along that are very here and now and they're gone tomorrow and there are some things that stand the test of time. Now, at this rate of growth and adoption, artificial intelligence is going to take about 12 months to become as widely adopted as the internet took seven years. Wow, that's a huge difference. And get this, electricity, 20 years to reach the same level of adoption. I mean, it's insane. It makes me cringe almost listening to it. Well, we sound old school going, I can't believe it's happening so quickly. It is, and it's what's happening right now. And it's one of those things that, yeah, there are going to be some definite winners, as already have been. And as I say, there are going to be some victims in that too, but it's certainly being adopted and it's changing lives. I think it's a great investment for any business. And I know we'll talk to the upside from a business perspective, revenue, cost, cost control, mm productivity but really anything with ai mentioned in its name right now you take nvidia it's up 180 percent for the year apple's just surpassed the very first stock to have a three trillion dollar valuation given its exposure to ai and the talks of that just nuts right it's it it is a bandwagon that you're on and the mere mention of it can certainly send your stock to the stratosphere um the question is, once you've moved up, how do you stay up there? And I think, you know, we'll talk a little bit about how stocks can be really influenced by by this. And I guess, you know, stocks come along, there are waves, there are conversations. This one certainly is one that's on the tip of everyone's tongue. And and one of the things I like to look at with these sorts of things is search engine traffic. And if you look at, uh, and we talked about this at our advanced options bootcamp uh, with our clients a few weeks ago with that small group we had in for that. Um, if we took the wall in Ukraine, um, for the first probably month or two, it was massively searched. People doing Google search, war on the Ukraine, find out what it, what it's all about. If you look at the search engine traffic on that right now, it's it's gone. It's fallen off a cliff. And okay, it's one of those things, once you've Googled it and found out what it is, you probably don't need to look it up again. Um, but nonetheless, it's a really good proxy for when something is very much in the mainstream conversation. And then as we get what we call news fatigue, kind of overhearing all about that, it kind of drifts away into the background. Um, and we've seen about a 50% drop in search engine traffic looking for 
AI and things in that sort of space. So there's already been a drop off, but is that because people now know what it is or because they're not interested? And I suspect it's probably the former. They know what it is now and they've got a little bit of information on it and now they're starting to apply it. You know, this kind of, this conversation, AB, kind of reminds me of buy now, pay later. Mm. I'd hate to compare AI to buy now, pay later by any stretch. Mm. Although when that was the hot thing at the moment, I mean, everything within that space went bonkers, right? And then bang, it dropped like a stone. It, it, there are actually a lot of parallels there. Mitch has a good call. And I, I think, you know, we've talked about, you know, buy now, pay later quite extensively uh, on this podcast. And if you sort of go back, you know, maybe six or seven years ago, it was the topic. You think about Afterpay from its $5 list price up to 37, you know, the purchase of it by, by Square, the digestion pains that they've subsequently had, the regulators catching up with that industry. And, and when you look at the, the, the second level of companies, you know, by, uh, you know, Afterpay was the market leader when it came out, you know, and companies like Zip were sort of in its slipstream. You know, Zip now is having to raise capital, it's looking to pay down some of its debt, its bonds have been revalued. So it's really in like quite an element of financial strife, combination of higher interest rates, you know, there's a cost of funding, and also a slower economy where people perhaps are a little less likely to want to go and put a pair of sneakers on a on a five easy installments or four easy installments uh, you know, to pay off. They're being more conservative with their spending. So those stocks were the talk of the town and now they've gone to the dog with fleas camp um, and, and probably will stay there for some time, particularly as the regulatory concerns, bad debt provisioning and all that sort of stuff catches up with it. So things can be very, very hit and miss. But yeah, we mentioned about the internet comparing that technology diffusion compared to AI and the internet has stuck around. It's not been a, a, a phenomenon, a fad that's been and gone. It's the backbone of everything everybody does now. And I think AI has got a very good chance of becoming a very similar running mate to that. I guess the proof's probably already in the pudding from what we're seeing. If we talk to right now, the upside mm. at, for AI at the moment, AB, productivity. I mean, you have a look at say call centers or anything in the software space, productivity's gone through the roof, right? Absolutely, and we're in an environment now where you know, wage costs, particularly in the Western world, less so in, in, in the Asian markets, but certainly in the Western world, um, you know, wage costs have gone through the roof and a lot of companies are looking to find ways of being able to crimp their costs. We've seen the tech sector pump out tens of thousands of people over the last few months. And yet, if you look at the impact that AI is having, for example, within the software industry, where you know they've been able to get cost reductions of anywhere between sort of 14 and 50% by using That's AI. Huge. So it's not really a proof of concept, it's already happening and is delivering, it's not the promised land, I'll apply this and maybe down the line you might save some money, it's already happening. Uh, if you look in call centers, you mentioned previously, it's about a 14% saving in the call center space. And you might think, well, that's call center, is that a big deal? You know, wages are fairly low. but Typically in call centers and particularly on scale, you know, there are enormous offices. If you've got an ability to save costs and have less people, and that means less floor space, uh, which means less air conditioning and electricity and everything else that goes alongside it, it's a really, really substantial and enduring cost saving for a business. And you can then pass that benefit on uh, to the people that you retain through more attractive remuneration. You can pass that benefit most definitely onto your shareholders through enhanced profits and bigger distributions of those profits to them. Uh, and away you go. And, and there'll be plenty of other industries where there are similar cost savings that will come through and there'll be winners and losers, there always are. Even something as simple as a virtual assistant. Now, I know you've got a pretty good assistant, Jillian. I would never mess with her. But Definitely don't mess with Jillian. She, 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 she will win any time. Oh, yeah. But if you're not happy with your assistant at the moment, you're a high-ranking CEO or CFO, whatever it is, 
get a virtual assistant for a quarter of the price, if that. And well, I'm starting to see those apps now. They sort of come up yeah. you know, on your, on your, when you're sort of scrolling through. And, you know, and for you know, a handful of dollars a month, you can subscribe to a, a VA uh, that manages your diary and, you call, and it's extraordinary. And those, they might be clunky right now, but they're only going to get better as they become more in tune with what you do. And that's the thing with AI. Yeah, I've had a bit of a dabble with chat GPT, as most people have, and I was blown away with, uh, you know, just put some random stuff in to see what would come up. And it was like, well, that's actually pretty good. And then you go through a second or third iteration of it, and by that time it's like, well, this is really impressive because yeah. it gets continually better as it gets used to working with you. And question, I think VA would be the same. So, yeah. I was going to say, question for you, maybe in that instance, is there any industry that we can use as an example where AI might actually take the role of the person that's currently doing the job? I think there are going to be a lot of winners and losers in this game, and and I think industries that are quite people heavy, uh, where there's you know quite a heavy cost base, uh, very much so. On a, on a, on not an AI basis, but on a tech basis, we've been through this ourselves with our business, where you know we use our app, which means we don't have a trading floor full of brokers making calls to clients because we use technology to do that. And you know, as a business, it means obviously if you've cut your salary significantly by not having uh, anything like the number of people, you know, let's. You know, instead of having a 500 square meter office, you might have a 200 square meter office, huge savings on the rent, electricity, coffee consumption, buying lunches, you know, professional indemnity insurance, all those things are savings to the business. But also you're able to offer a better quality service to the client because through our app, for example, you, everyone gets the trade at the same time. You're not client number 386 that got the phone call today, you're all client number one. In the same way, applying that in today's world with AI, um, if you if you take a profession, I'm going to use accounting, and you and I are both blessed. We've got a phenomenal accountant as a team, uh, and you know, and I've had some real doozies over time, and we're really blessed to have a great accountant. Um, the work that accounting firms do typically, let's take a company preparing you know, financials for companies, for example, the work is in the setup. So you set it up, you've got all your regular expenses that you code up, you've got the irregular ones that you might need to ask some questions on, but then they're coded. Same with your revenue line. And something that's AI can do all of that. It just needs to be set up correctly in the first instance. And when it does, you've got a machine working for you that didn't have a big weekend and is off color on Monday or feeling a bit tired or has had the flu or just really disengaged with the job and is going through the motions. You've got something that's delivering its A1 game day in, day out, and only ever getting better at delivering that A1 Always game. Always learning, getting better. For a fraction of the price and probably a significantly better outcome in terms of the quality of the work. So, you know, professional services like accounting would have to be an industry which down the line uh, would either fulsomely embrace AI or be on the victim side of it and get rolled over. And you know, given some of the press it's around on some of the big accounting practices right now, I don't think there'd be a lot of people crying yeah, if that happened. I'd say so. Question for you now, AB, as we come to the end of our broadcast, mm. this is the money and investing show after all. So in terms of making some money mm. on the AI space at the moment in the stock market, there's those big box names which have done really well thus yep. far. There's probably some companies which are yet to come to the forefront of investors' minds that may pop. What are you looking for? How are you sifting through what and how? Yeah, look, that, that's a really, really good question. Uh, and if I was being sarcastic, I'd say to be continued. But you know, <laughs> we, we, we've 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 already seen, as you say, some of the big tech companies do really well. You know, Google, Amazon. You now we're doing AI boom. The share price gone ballistic. The videos you mentioned previously. The challenge for those businesses is they've gone on the B of the bang, and so by their association, and 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 when when there's a wave, particularly a technology wave like this, you're going to have victims that don't do so well, and they're gonna get panned pretty hard pretty quickly. 
and then their earnings stabilize, they get re-rated. And you're also going to have companies that have gone ballistically up on the back of that news where the price has already moved, but the earnings and revenue line hasn't got there yet to support that price. So those companies actually have got the potential to be quite vulnerable. So if you talk about the big guys uh, that we've just mentioned previously, they've already gone, they've already popped. But where's the earnings? Where's the revenue line to support that based on AI? They said, we're gonna use it, that's where we're gonna be, but where's the actual tangible benefit for the business? So those kind of companies are actually a little bit vulnerable to overshooting the timeline of where the actual dollars are being made to support that valuation. I think personally that there are going to be companies that we haven't mentioned right now and that we probably haven't heard of at this point in time that are going to harness the power of AI and be able to put it into a super user-friendly format like an app that you can literally plug and play a couple of clicks and it's going to do some incredible task that adds immense value to your life. I don't know what that is. I wish I thought of it. And if I had, I wouldn't be talking about it right now. We'd be developing it. And they're going to be enormous game changes that change the investing landscape and arguably the stock market landscape too. And I think there are more hidden gems that have yet to emerge than the ones that have already put the flag up the pole, but haven't had the earnings benefit to support that story yet. I think they're more vulnerable than anything. That said, you know, if you wind back the clock and if you look at, say, you know, over the last 20 or so years, the impact that tech companies in particular have had where everything has been about technology and, and the way markets are driven has been really shifted. You think about some of the world's biggest companies, Tesla, Amazon, Google, um, you know, Apple, Netflix. They didn't, a number of those companies didn't even exist. It wasn't even the idea of those companies 20 years ago, yet now they're the titans that dominate the market. And, and maybe, you know, back in the day, companies like, if you look at the US economy, you know, um, you know oil companies or, or big pharmaceuticals, which are still big, but they're dwarfed by what tech is, uh, or big tobacco. There's another example that was huge and now has changed its name and drifted off into the background. Um, that's an enormous shift. And they're new emerging companies, and we might see a few more that come out on the back of the AI uh, wave, and they're the ones I think will have the long and sustained run that become true game changers. And for what it's worth, we've talked previously about, you know, the NASDAQ in particular, the technology index has been driven by this narrow band of stocks. But when you look back holistically at markets over, say, the last, say, I don't know, 35 years, go back to the 1990s, early 90s, when I started my career, you know, green monochrome monitors, now we're getting the first color monitor. Fantastic. I can't believe that. And then, you know, we had internal email in the office, like, wow, that's cool. And then there was external email, which was a real game changer. And, and, you know, it seems archaic to be talking about that. It's only 35 years ago, but that's how much things have changed in that time. But One thing that's a statistic that's really blown me away, if you think about the 2.3% of listed companies have delivered 100% of the $75 trillion of shareholder value that's come from markets over the last 35 years in such a tiny cluster of businesses, which no question about it has been massively overloaded with tech companies that have done that. I wonder what the future has to hold if it's taken 12 months to replace what the internet did in seven years What does the investing landscape look like when someone or some ideas come along that really harness the power of AI in a really positive way, that has a dramatic and immediate improvement on people's quality of life? You just imagine, for example, some diagnosis software, bang, that you can just plug it in and 30 seconds later, you had a full medical sitting in the chair at home with 100% certainty that the results are real. 
and, and the confidence that that might bring you, or if you if you've got a, an ailment that prevents you from going to the doctor, but you can test yourself. You know, who knows where all of that will go, and more importantly, where the value add for stakeholders, and I don't just mean shareholders, yes, shareholders will make money from it, of course they will, but also the people that will be involved with that business, both as a customer that enjoy a better quality of life, and as the innovator that recognize that opportunity and the wealth that they're able to create from themselves. It's gonna be a very, very interesting gold rush that we see. Will it be in the shape of big tech? Probably, because they've got their fingers in all pies. Statistics and, and, and market analysis would show, though, that the best alpha from an investor perspective, and you ask me where do you think the opportunities might be, the value add, the alpha, the, the return as a shareholder typically comes more from a concentration in that particular thing rather than being generally involved with it. So if I were to give an example of mining, totally different business, but if we're talking about iron ore, for example, if iron ore prices go up, Fortescue does really well because it's a 100% iron ore business. Incredible job Twiggy has done of you know, amazing businessman, philanthropist, and various other things in his life too. And if you compare that, Fortescue is 100% iron ore, iron ore price goes up, Fortescue does brilliantly. BHP and Rio also do well, but not as well because iron ore is part of what they do. And I think for companies like Google and Amazon that are involved with AI, they will do well but the company that is just AI that harnesses it is likely to outperform substantially. And that's where the real pot of gold sits. As to what those companies are, I think we were about probably six to 12 months away from starting to see some of the emergence of what they could be. And so it's one of those things, keep your eyes peeled, see what's happening. And I'm sure we'll do an update to this podcast as it comes through, but it's one of the most awe-inspiring, scary, exciting, and opportunistic times I've seen in markets for an awful long time. This is this is a total game changer in every way, shape or form. And I think it's got the ability to revolutionize people's investment strategies and their investment performance and the quality of life that they get on the back of it. Exciting times. Thank you very much, AB. My pleasure. Anytime, Mitch. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to hosting you next week.